the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The stock market loves World War III. It absolutely loves the fact that the greatest number of people in history are on welfare. That personal credit card debt, credit card debt, is at a record level, $1.4 trillion. Student loan debt, $1.7 trillion. And that's Bidenomics in a nutshell. This Ponzi scheme and an illusion. As more and more people fall off the voter rolls as the labor extortion mafias are on strikes throughout the country, destroying the quality of manufacturing and food productivity, not to mention logistics, across the country. And now people are starting to get nervous because, after all, it's obvious to the world. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. This moron doesn't know if it's Tuesday or fracking July, if he's got slip-ons on or shoes. He doesn't know what he's doing, and everybody's starting to know it. Short stairs Biden is starting to lose confidence of even Silicon Valley, who has created an AI, another bot, to do phone calls and have conversations with people so they all stay on the delusional bus of this mafia, right? But the real side effect is if we enter full-heartedly, a nuclear war. What does it look like in the future? And should anybody maybe ring in our insane, our insane Defense Department? We today announced the kickoff of Exercise Steadfast Defender 2024, which commences next week and runs through May. Steadfast Defender 24 will be the largest NATO exercise in decades. With part- no, it was just a few years ago. The whole country said, you know what? You're right. You're right, Donald Trump. They're stealing our frickin' money left, right, and center. A lot of people getting rich, walking around creating chaos. Whole country wanted out of NATO. Now, just one election theft, and we're in World War III. And the stock market and the newscasters, they, they could give an absolute rip. This is a tremendously, not just big story, huge mistake. Huge mistake. And we're in deeper and deeper with the oligarch thief, Ihor Kolomoisky, posing as a country called Ukraine that was killing its own people. For eight years. Participation from approximately 90,000 forces from all 31 allies, plus our good partner, Sweden. The alliance will... Oh, yeah! Sweden is a tremendous ally and asset to America. Who gives a rip, Sweden? Demonstrate its ability to reinforce the Euro-Atlantic area via transatlantic movement of forces from North America. We are completely on the wrong side of every fracking conflict except for those gold Casanovas, which need to be eliminated. Thankfully, there's somebody doing the work we won't do. And by the way, he doesn't give a rip what we think about anything. In any arrangement, in the foreseeable future, 
Whether with or without an arrangement, the State of Israel must control the security of all the land which is west of the Jordan River. This is an essential condition, and it clashes with the idea of sovereignty. What can you do? That is a truth that I am saying to our friends, the Americans, and have also blocked an attempt to force upon us a reality which will hurt the security of Israel. The Prime Minister in Israel must be able to say no, even to the closest of our friends, to say no when it's needed, and yes, when it's possible. So that river to the sea looks like it's going to happen. Only it's not going to be the goat Casanovas. Oh, no, no, no. And much to the chagrin of the mafia that has been tied to payments from enemies, foreign and domestic, $24 million directly in the coffer of this dimwood in diapers as he subverts our principle, makes us weaker, bankrupts us at every turn, and the whole time telling us it's all good for us. It's clear Americans are starting to feel President Biden's strong economy. Wages have risen faster than inflation for 10 months in a row. The unemployment rate has remained below 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years. Inflation has fallen by about two-thirds. None of that is, none of that is true. Absolutely none of it. But when you are delusional and corrupt and you got your job because of your sexual proclivities, then the reality doesn't matter. If you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter. And um, ironically, I'm wondering if, if, if there's going to be more people in on the welfare army or less. As we saw in Chicago, doesn't look like uh, uh, people are getting along for the welfare rolls. You work here. You work here. No more money for you. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Chicagoans and you'll take it from the newest favored class of the Chicago Democrats and he's here to tell you no more money for Joe man it's all for him you're lazy you're lazy and the uh the, the state of Illinois would like to uh, uh, propose another 17 million on top of the 95 million they just found, and God knows how many hundreds of million you already spent on everything from health care to housing, and you'll take it because you're Democrats. And it's fun for me to watch the fight among the welfare roaches. I personally love it as you get exactly what you deserve in every sense of the word. But then again, there's always people who don't get what they deserve. There's always people who are victims. Normally they're good people, as uh, always the case. Like the mother who lost her son to a Sinaloa cartel drug-dealing, low-life, illegal, rat-bastard alien. Um, because I assume, Ms. Dunn, you, you would agree, would you not, that it would help to stop the fentanyl trade and fentanyl trafficking from coming into this country if we had more law enforcement officers at the border and more resources and technology to stop the fentanyl from coming in. Now that is the winner of the loin lottery, Levi Strauss's great-great-great-great-great-grandson, who's good for absolutely nothing except taking his trust fund checks and buying a congressional seat and buying a committee membership because that's how it works among this mafia. So Dan Goldman, he kind of ran into a buzzsaw. You see, not only is she a mother who's a victim of the political policies that killed her son, but she's smart, and she's fearless, and she tells this trust fund, butter-handed, good-for-nothing roach 
exactly the way it is. Do, do you agree with that? I disagree with that because Border Patrol is now being used to make sandwiches and to screen people and let them into our country. Okay, well, so... So I disagree and, with you. So you're, you're saying that the... You're, so you're saying that uh, you're... He's a lawyer, squirrel. Highly educated Harvard graduate. Doesn't sound to me like he's got a mouth of marbles. What about you, squirrel? Freckin' moron, trust fund baby. And we're going to get to Soros' kid after him. You're upset because the Border Patrol is not doing... Uh, is making sandwiches, I think you said... So you don't think it would be helpful to have more Border Patrol officers who are charged with stopping the fentanyl well, they trade? Need more sandwiches. I would like the Border Patrol to be able to do the job that they were hired to do. Well, one way. Every Border way, Patrol sorry. officer that I have spoken to has told me that their hands are tied by this administration and Mr. Mayorkas. I've been to well, the border, sir. Have you? The have you? I, I'm, excuse me, I'm asking the question. I'm just wondering. And the you're not it. You don't like the answers, scumbag, low life. And what you've done to New York isn't good enough. Just like the Chicagoans, what they did to Chicago, not good enough. You're trying to spread it around because what you understand is when the people are distracted, that's when you really steal not just money because you don't need any more, but you really become an oligarch you've always dreamt of, mainly probably because you can't perform in the sack. However, the reality is people are getting sick and tired of the ramifications of what happens when illegal aliens are given carte blanche, like in Colorado, of all places. Driver accused of killing a mother and son near Broomfield High School has a long history of drinking and driving. Our Sean Boyd has been digging into this case. She is live right now. So, Sean, you have learned that the suspect... Or as it's known in his neighborhood, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and all the way through. Suspect went before a judge in Boulder just days before this crash. And, Alan, he pled guilty to drunk driving on two separate occasions, on top of three prior drinking and driving-related convictions, multiple probation violations, and failing to appear in court repeatedly. Despite all that, he walked out of here on December 8th, and four days later, got behind the wheel while drunk, according to investigators, and killed a Broomfield mother and her son. Now, here's my question. Why would he abide by the laws? His very presence is breaking the law. You think he gives a rip about your DUIs? And, unfortunately, although absolutely gorgeous, Broomfield, Colorado, unlike the sewer of Illinois, absolutely gorgeous. Do you know that he had six DUIs, Squirrel? Six! And he was an illegal alien. And they kept letting him go back out. Court records show Jose Mengiar Alice has a history of drunk driving dating back to 2007. He has four convictions in Boulder County alone. Again and again, he's been put on probation, and again and again, he's violated it, continuing to drink and drive until his next arrest. In each case, he's been released on no or low bond, failed to reappear for his hearing, and a warrant has been issued for his arrest. That may explain why he didn't face sentencing for two DUI cases from 2016 and 2019 until this month. You know how many guys in DuPage County are adding up the DUIs and the cost? And in the meantime, this low-life, wretched scumbag paid nothing and got paid to kill Americans.
was allowed to plead both down to lesser charges of driving while ability impaired, despite having three prior drinking and driving related convictions. A Boulder County judge sentenced him to probation, community service and work release. Now, he didn't kill the judge's wife and kid. No, they're okay. He killed somebody completely innocent. He left the courthouse, and four days later, investigators say he got drunk, got behind the wheel, and drove his truck into a car outside of Broomfield High School, killing Melissa Powell and her 16-year-old son. Boulder County District Attorney Michael... What do you think those people, how many of those people, I mean, how many uh, illegal aliens, low-life scumbags, is worth the life of those two Americans? What would that 16-year-old have been? Well... The odds are about 99.9 to point one that he would have been better than that low-life scum, wretched, illegal alien, wouldn't it? Doherty told CBS News Colorado he takes cases involving repeat DUI offenders very seriously. No, he doesn't. He rubber stamps it. And show me the cash checks that this low-life scum gave to his attorneys. Because the real cherry on the Screw Us Sunday is we paid for his rat bastard slip and fall Democrat scourge lawyer, too. We need somebody to fix this. We're going to do a big job in our cities. We're going to rebuild our cities and we're going to rebuild them so that they're going to be crime free. We're going to do what we have to do and we're going to enforce our laws. That's another one. We can enforce those laws. Our police are incredible. They can do an incredible job, but we're going to enforce those laws. Fine. Can you start tomorrow? 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Six times they caught this low-life rat. How many times didn't they catch him? Well, I guess you can never answer that. The ramifications of these Democrat morons steering our judicial system is almost unquantifiable. There's no way you can calculate the damage that's been done, let alone the murder and mayhem and chaos and rapes and robberies. How do you figure it out? So one thing is for sure, you can't deny that where these Democrat roaches are in control of government, there's a definite political bias. Wouldn't you say? You know who disagrees with that squirrel? Ferret face. Now pay attention. He's worth at least 60 million. Look, we have uh, reasserted and clarified the norms of this Justice Department. We follow the facts and the law wherever they lead. Uh Really? Now it's normal? So now it's not. And then when you think back to the Democrat mafia run sewers, when the short in the pants mafia had their daily family in there, Rahm Emanuel, whatever, it always was that way, right? If you were a wired up guy, you not only didn't pay the taxes everybody else paid, you got off, you got the easy deal. And then you start to wonder, there's a lot of money in this corruption. So I wanted to look into this ferret face roach. And I found a clip from, uh, where is this from? Is this Fortune? It's either Fortune or Forbes. I think it's Forbes. From Forbes, this is Merrick Garland, way back when he was uh, uh, first mentioned, not when he was going to be the Supreme Court Justice under Barack Obama, but during Barack Obama's third term, the Bidens. Merrick Garland is the top law enforcement officer in America and one of the richest members in Joe Biden's cabinet, worth an estimated $20 million. Garland served as a federal judge for more than 20 years earning a salary of $141,000 to $230,000 every year. Boy, oh boy. How's that math work? Because, right, he pays, what, 35, 39, 40% of his income. How is he worth the money, squirrel? 
When he was nominated by Bill Clinton to serve as a federal judge in 1995, he had to submit documents which detailed his finances. The filings show that Garland made good money in private practice. $200,000 in 1993, when he worked for nine months at Arnold and Porter. But 1993, the tax rate was 42%. So he took home a little over 112000 How did he acquire what they say is 20? When you add up his real estate, it's more like 40. But he also had a robust fortune outside of his day job, with $3.5 million in assets and zero debt. On the 1995 happen? filing, Garland split his holdings into various categories. Cash, listed securities, real estate, and so on. But the largest category was called trusts, worth about $910,000. An attachment showed that those trusts were all from his wife's family. So as of 1995, much of Garland's net worth came from his in-laws. Remember that, squirrel. You can marry more money in a day than you could make in a lifetime, especially if you're honest and you pay taxes. But that's not the bulk of his skullduggery. It actually comes from his wife's crooked family. Lynn Garland's grandfather was a well-known New York lawyer who served on the state Supreme Court. He also advised former U.S. presidents Harry Truman and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Her father went to Harvard for both undergrad and law school and made his living as an attorney. Garland and his wife were eventually handed a property in Manhattan, followed by another property in Greenwich, Connecticut, one of the richest towns in an already rich state. For wealthy families looking to pass down fortunes, transferring property has a ton of benefits. Pay attention, squirrel, in case you marry one of these trust fund babies. You don't want to over be you don't want to be taxed. Pay attention. This is what the Pritzkers do and all of the Democrat scum who want to give your money away. They never give away their grandpappies, though. These families hand off the real estate itself. Then they pump cash through that real estate by paying rent to their heirs. Boy, that seems fun. So they give the property away. Then they pay rent. You know why, Squirrel? Very low taxes. Very low taxes. And then you could write off a bunch of stuff on the property, even the taxes. Don't you love the way these socialists circumvent taxes? And that's what apparently happened here, with Garland recording $600,000 to $4.6 million of rent as income over a period of 12 years. Boy, that's, is, that, is that legal? Over the years, his fortune swelled, according to financial disclosure reports filed between 2004 and 2021. At the start of the period, Garland declared $2.9 million to $6.5 million of assets. You can't narrow it down a little, little more than that? Seems like a big window. Ten years later, that range had grown to $7.6 million to $28 million. Oh, Today, yeah. it's $8.6 million to $33 million. However, the bulk of his fortune is concentrated in more liquid investments like stock funds and cash accounts. And that explains why the stock market goes up. Ah, you thieving rats. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Sean, thank you for taking my call. Uh, let me get this uh, race hustler, uh, Congressman Raja. Uh, Raja! There's more about open borders and... There's homeless in his district. They had a meeting in D.C. about homelessness. But he's trying to lump the IQs from Asia, because he's from India, with the illegals here uh, coming in. So I think he's got his priorities backwards. Don't you think so, Sean? Eduardo, he's a Chicago Democrat, part of the Obama crew. I think he'd hit his mother in the face with a shovel if she was standing on $5. That's what I think. (laughs) 
Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. And tonight I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. You know about that? I didn't know you know so much. I'm very, well, New Hampshire, very smart people. Yeah, if it wasn't for the Democrats voting, nobody would know Nikki Haley's name. In the meantime, um, some of the other domestic policies of this dimwit in diapers on a formaldehyde solution that's keeping him alive, uh, it seems to be failing at record pace. All right, let's turn to EVs, because Ford is reducing production of its F-150 Lightning, thanks to, guess it, fading demand. Ed Ludlow has more on that. Ed, I guess, twofold question, are you surprised by this? And sort of what took it so long? (laughs) Exactly, honey. We don't have to hear the expert, because you already knew the answer, and everybody does. But don't worry, stock market's up, because the Republicans signed the blank check, and the subsidies and the government spending to imitate actual growth of our economy, it's still going forward. Record highs! Nobody can tell me why. Rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sharon, how you doing tonight? Splendid. How are you? Good. Sharon, if I didn't tell you before, the reason that I uh, listen to you every day and I and I call you is because uh, I respect your opinion. Oh, thank you. I, I like your quick quick wit. And uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it comes from getting made can, fun of a lot and, can, and, 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 by inferior Democrats. The way you can read people. In the way you can lead people. So here's my question for you today. Is there a difference between the Democrats and the Republicans? Because to me, it doesn't seem like there is. All they do is pass these CRs, and they don't do anything to to make this country better in any way. Well, the difference difference is most of of the Democrats part their hair from the left to the right. And the Republicans parted from the right to the left. And the Republicans have much better tailors. They buy their suits at Brooks Brothers. It's a cleaner, crisper look. look. Plus, the Democrats can't look good in anything. Uh, other than that, there's very few nuanced differences. But here's the other thing you have to remember. The, the, the way that our system works is to get elected, you have to be a chameleon to who you talk to. And the Republicans really don't stand for anything, all but a few. And the ones that do are made fun of, like we just talked about. And they're put in the corner and they're called right-wing or radical, when the reality is all these people are are people who understand something that most people have forgotten. And that is what it's like to have an economy that is based within us, the people. Do you know something you've not heard of since the 80s? A yuppie. Do you ever hear of a yuppie anymore? When's the last time you heard of a yuppie? The only time you heard of a yuppie was during the Reagan years. Because what Reagan understood is power isn't supposed to be government-controlled, government-central. What he understood is the power comes back to us. And you know something? He was also made fun of by those very same low-life establishment scum Republicans, even though his vice president was the captain of the team. Thank you very much. Everybody forgets that. This place has a way of making us think about the kind of future our young people will have. Everything we do here, we weigh on tomorrow's scales. Keeping our economy strong and free from the terrible inflation of a few years ago will bring stability into the lives of those just beginning their families. Keeping taxes down and big government under control encourage creativity and economic freedom. These will... That, that doesn't...
doesn't get talked about anymore. Now everything is about this crooked bastard and his cohorts of corruption. Half of them are Republicans. Spending money, schemes, subsidies, and the welfare roaches. Expand new employment opportunities, so important to those just leaving school for their first jobs. And, and now what's it look like, Squirrel? I mean, aside from the $1.7 trillion in student loan debt, what does it look like? It looks like welfare rolls that nobody wants to talk about. An unprecedented amount of Americans. Some estimate 99 million Americans on welfare. 99 million. And in the meantime, we're now taking the illegal aliens, we're putting them on welfare, and they're bragging about it. That's my favorite part. I like how they tell the Chicagoans, no more money for you, you're lazy. Campaigning in 1980, we said we would reduce inflation. I wanted this one. You want it, you want it. No more money for you. No more money for you. Bye bye, Son of a gun just got here a week ago. I love it. Mitchell and Desplaines. You know, Sean, when I tune into your show, the only reason why I do it is because you're the ultimate burn master, okay? okay? And you know exactly what that means. For those that don't, if you get into a conflict with you, you're going to destroy them inside and out with a quick wit and very funny. But I digress. (laughs) I want to ask you this. Why do you think the loser Democrats decided on having their convention in Chicago? Because here's where the standards are lowest. See, when you look at the Democrat areas and the people who unfortunately are there for one reason or another, there are no standards. They're prepared to constantly be lectured to by their abuser. They're the battered housewife of citizens. They just think a good day is when their husband doesn't kick their teeth in. But go ahead. My point is that I think the reason why they did this is because Sloppy Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. They're going to give it to Michelle Obama because you know that Illinois is not a perennial swing state. The GOP is in Milwaukee, which is a smart move. The reason why they're doing it is because of Obama. Like you said, the third term is basically Obama. And they're going to pull on Michelle Obama because they want soccer bombs in Nebraska voting for her. You're way overestimating the likability of man hands. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. There, I think that's a stretch and a stretch. Uh, that being said, I think that the most of the Democrats, in fact, I, I'd say 99.5% of the Democrats are fungible. Their names are irrelevant. They don't stand for anything anymore. And, you know, they got me, uh, got me thinking about how they always were. I mean, here, here's one that another Democrat that refuses to die. Governor Reagan, as a matter of fact, began his political career campaigning around this nation against Medicare. Now we have an opportunity to move toward national health insurance with an emphasis on the prevention of disease. Same thing. It's the same thing. This clip is from 1980, actually 79. Same fracking nonsense. Same Marxist policies. This guy was a failure beyond belief. And he almost won on the same nonsense. An emphasis on outpatient care, not inpatient care. An emphasis on hospital cost containment to hold down the cost of hospital care for those who are ill. An emphasis Get a doctor to come to your house in 1980 for $40. It's on catastrophic health insurance so that if a family is threatened with being wiped out economically because of, very, of a very high uh, medical bill, then the insurance would help pay for it. These are the kind of elements of a national health insurance important to the American people. Governor Reagan, again, 
typically is against such a proposal. Governor, <laughs> there you go again. Same thing. It's the same bull dung. They've been spewing it since Karl Marx wrote it down in the Communist Manifesto. Take a look at all of these totalitarian third world hellholes. They all got the same promises of utopia. Just never gets here. That's why I enjoy when at least those victims of third world corrupt hellholes come here and they tell our welfare roaches, no more money for you. You want it, you want it. No more money for you. I can't get enough of it, squirrel. No more money for you. He's got, and he's right. All the money. As Chicagoans wallow in chaos and mediocrity, five out of 100 kids can read. And this guy's here to tell you, no more money for you. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for making it. Yep. Yesterday when I was talking, I was on that Elvin Chipmunk line. Might not have heard something that I was real important. I wanted to get across. So he's or I hung up on you, and you're about to hit the button again. Go. Okay, that Biden's fascist brown uh, 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 shirts and everything. The FBI made that their tactics they they use on the Republicans is forced behavior. That's the FB, FB, and I is the injustice. Forced behavior through injustice. Now, that's what the FBI does. That's their tactics, and that's what the – so the left and the Democrats have that, and the Republicans don't. Their forced behavior injustice is the brown shirt. Doesn't matter, um, Craig. Well, we're going to beat these stupid idiots. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're in power now, and they've got the system down to steal elections in the future. But ultimately, it fails everywhere it's ever tried, and that's why we always like to bring a little hope with a friend of the show, Dr. Kevin Roberts, in the belly of the beast at the headquarters of the Fourth Reich in Davos, Eagle's Nest, for Klaus Schwab, right to their face, he told them. One thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. It's laughable that you would, or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. Elites tell us that we we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change. The solutions, the average person know, cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. The fourth... Right in their eye. You're wrong on all counts. China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform and fifth as we sit here. Another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global South. All nonsense, all wrong paths and all reasons that we will reject the Fourth Reich here in this country. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, 
he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. My kind of town, Chicago. I had a good old day, squirrel. My kind of town. $30, go out on a date, and the girl you were on a date with had standards. Campaigning in 1980, we said we would reduce inflation, and we have. We said we would lower interest rates, and we have. We said we would reduce crime, and we have. We said we would lower taxes, rebuild our defenses, and get America working again. Today, taxes are down, our defenses are strong, and more than 6 million new jobs have been created. By the way, those were actual jobs. Not like where the government spends money and the Teamsters get rich and they hire through the government spending and the company doesn't pay anything. You know, back when it was real. Working with you, we got those jobs done. We've got to do more. We must build a lasting peace while protecting our freedoms. We must help those who haven't shared fully in the recovery. We must create new jobs, improve education, and further protect you from crime. We must provide more security for our elderly and opportunity for our young. We pledge cities of promise, a countryside of renewed vigor and a nation strong with opportunity and pride. I don't think America ever stops wanting to be better because Americans are only satisfied with doing our best. President. Not the new ones. Uh, Bart in his car. Hey, Daddy O, show sounds better every day, man. Oh, thank you, Ben. Thank you. I'll tell you what, um, speaker's got to go. We need a new speaker now. This is ridiculous. This is worse than last time. It's, it's a slap in the face. We have one issue in, in the immigration that everyone is rock-ribbed in agreement on, and he doesn't even want to stand up for this. He's got to go. Absolutely. Furthermore, speaker trivia question. His name is irrelevant. I won't even say his name anymore. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, we can have wide-open immigration. That would be fine, I think, with you, too. But no social safety net. Absolutely. Everybody's grandpa got here with $7. Not only safety, it isn't even a safety net. You're paying them. They're getting paid. You did did nothing. Apartments, cars, food stamps, you did nothing. (laughs) And now they're here to tell you, right here, no more money for you. It's it, it, it might actually be the greatest clip ever. Money for you. It's lazy. You lazy. You lazy. No more money for you. And you sit there and take it. And by the way, the state of Illinois would like to extend another seventeen million dollars. I wonder what the uh, the room service tab is at the Hilton. In O'Hare, I heard they got two floors. They're taking up two floors. Would you like any condiments with that free cheeseburger? Ken, Indiana. Yeah, hey, Sean. Uh, I just wanted to say, first of all, I'm a former ambulance chaser from Chicago, <laughs> and I also worked for the Jane Byrne campaign. Oh, boy. So I know exactly how Democrats harvest votes. Yeah. And uh, what they do, the first day on the job, the first thing the precinct captain told me, is my job description is to pull votes out of my pocket. <laughs> and he gave, we had these sheets. We used to go door to door to everybody. We knew who all the registered voters were. Yeah. And what my job was is to make sure they still live there. If they don't, I put a check mark by that name. That is now a name that we can use for a vote to pull uh-huh. out of our pocket later. 
easy now. I don't want you to get in trouble. I mean, you're in Indiana. You'll be all right for a little while, but go ahead. Did yeah, you think she ever knew she'd me. have an exit ramp that took twice as long and cost twice as much as the Hoover Dam? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know, man. I went to the Hoover Dam once. You just drive around in a big half a circle. Yeah. You think you're those not going anywhere. Those guys didn't make half of what those wise guys at Tom's Steakhouse made building that exit ramp. Go ahead. Hey, Sean, I also wanted to tell you that you really get the Democrat mafia. You're the you're the best, man. Oh, thank you, brother. That means the world to me. You know what, Ken? Hang on. Let's give that slip and fall ambulance taser a t-shirt. When I get back, we got a great guest after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little We are from Chicago, and we understand how the Democrat mafia thinks, their willingness to lie, cheat, and steal. And boy, oh boy, does that feel like it sums up the 2020 election to anybody other than me. You see, I was doing election night coverage in 2020. There is no question in my mind that after they shut the countdown, the ballot harvesting and the Democrat skullduggery took place. My next guest has been working on this issue, not just in 2000 Mules. In fact, she's been working tirelessly since 2011. She is the founder and president of True the Vote. She is Catherine Edelbrook. I'm sorry, Engelbrett, excuse me. Uh, thank you for joining me, Catherine. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Now, this is the second time we had uh, an opportunity to talk. I think I shook your hand at the premiere in Mar-a-Lago, but I'm not sure. I'm sure you don't remember. Um, however, what I do remember is the evidence you brought forward in that. And now recently you've won a case. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um separate and apart from the whole 2000 mules movie and the, and the research that undergirded it, we were also uh, at the, about the same time um, helping citizens across Georgia bring the ineligibility, ineligible voter rolls. The, in, in uh, what am I trying to say here? The it, uh, bad rolls, bad, bad records to the yeah. attention of the counties. And, right. and that process, which resulted in our unearthing over 364,000 invalid records um, and, and helping citizens provide to the, back to the counties in the, in the hopes that it would render cleaner roles, drew a lawsuit that uh, raged on for three years uh, at, the, at the behest of Fair Fight, which is Stacey Abrams' organization, along with um, Mark Elias and the Biden Department of Justice. So, Mark Elias uh, is a name that pops yeah. up at a lot of these issues. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So in Chicago, I mean, I'll give you an example. A very close friend of mine's mother died the same year my mother died. The difference is he uh, kept the residence. And for 16 years, every year, she sent a voter card. 16 years every year. It has recently been published that in Crook County, or Cook County as it's formerly known, Crook County if you live there, that mm -hmm. um, they haven't purged those roles from people who have moved out in at least – 
the last 10 years. This is another convenient problem to have for any nefarious actors in the election system because they, in essence, have names that are dormant, which is a windfall for them because now nobody cares if they've died or moved. They just show up as one-time registered, forever voting. And that's how these Democrat areas seem to work. Now, your victory amounts to what exactly? Are we going to have a format that, that purges the rolls every, say, five years to keep it fair? Well, I, I wish it was that broad, sweeping a victory. Um, really, this victory was more about the the core essence of the citizens' ability and 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 the appropriate intervention of a citizen in the interest of election integrity. Because the goal of Fair Fight and Mark Elias and the Department of Justice was to to was to silence our organization, and in so doing, put out a clear message that you know. To any other citizen or organization like ours, if you dare ask the question, if you dare push back, you know, you can consider yourself served and spend years and in, in millions in court. Because we stood and fought and fought to the end, we could have settled at any time and we didn't. Could we? Should, because we stood to the end and fought, the victory now stands as a, as a legal standard placeholder to say that this has already been judged to be legal. There's no there's no precedent here for I mean they tried to pull us all the way up to a, a constitutional um, uh, voting rights violation uh, that that would have been disastrous had we had we been found guilty which of course what they were accusing us of is um, voter uh, uh, voter uh, disenfranchisement and voter intimidation yeah. thank you my words voter intimidation yes. But, um, it's uh, it was a hard fought battle, but incredibly important that we stood and won. And what it means for everybody else is that that one one pathway has now been proven to be legal and, and hopefully will result in fewer such you know, lawfare uh, dramas. So now is it is it your husband and you that worked on the uh, on, on, on the on the location of the cell phones? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, no, my a partner, oh. uh, Greg Phillips, he and I worked oh. on the, uh, the the geospatial cell phone data that formed the balance of, of the 2,000 mules. Yes. And you know what's interesting to me is that there's a multi-pronged way in which the, the elections can be frauded, in, for lack of a better word, and it's just the way it was. And there was no question in my mind as that year was um, was developing and the changes in, in rules, not by state legislatures, but by Democrat-connected uh, judiciaries, and how they were changing same-day voter registration and all the rest of it. But what's always been in their pocket is the voter rolls themselves, because there is no standard nationwide when somebody dies, their name is in a database, and they're automatically removed from being a constituent. And this is something that, in the year 2024, seems like it would be relatively easy to do, is it something that would be easy to do and just is simply not being done because it benefits political parties? That's you've expressed it absolutely on point. Yes. Uh, the private industry all day, every day is resolving identity, residency, and citizenship in real time. The data exists to do it. The technology exists to do it. The only reason it's not being done and, and that we are watching as our voter rolls lead in the total destabilization of our entire electoral process. The only reason that's happening is because, as you rightly point out, it, it benefits the few who know how to exploit those vulnerabilities. 
if you are not cleaning the rolls consistently, you know, 11, between 11 and 14% of America, depends on who you read, but it, at least 10% is moving every single year. If you are not year over year cleaning up the rolls, just with residency changes, you are creating absolute chaos when it comes to um, accuracy. You, you catalyze that by pressing out mass mail-outs of ballots. I, I mean, it, it's clear it's, it's that the, we are engineering actually, chaos. Yeah, it's actually the recipe to steal elections. That's right. It's the recipe. So the other thing, and the reason I know they have the technology is if you've ever been related to somebody who dies that was on Social Security, it stops that minute. The money stops that minute. <laughs> the minute, right? So they, the government itself has the technology, yet they refuse to put that technology to use when it comes to our elections. And this is something that Ellis has been involved with since he was way back working with the Chicago Mafia. And it, it's shocking. to, And when I say that, I mean Chicago Democrats because they're one and the same. And when you see this not happening and you realize the fight that, that that's put up, you're talking about billions of dollars at their access when it comes to attorneys that they have and the rest of it. Can I ask how much it cost you to win this victory? Uh, well, this, this one was a little north of a million dollars. And regular people, working people, north of a million dollars, and all you got was a victory in a T-shirt. So there's no way you can get that money back even though you won. The loser doesn't have to pay because I think Ellis and the Democrat Mafia, they spend that on lunch. What do you think? Yeah, well, unfortunately, no. There's, you know, there's the, the way the case was structured, we are kind of looking at sunk costs for the most part. But, um you know, this is just this is just where we are. I, I wish it weren't. I, I wish that True the Vote as an organization didn't have to anticipate putting so much of its budget towards lawfare. But but this is these are the hills on which we must fight. And so until we can get enough wins under our belt, the likes of what we got in Georgia, and and begin to rebuild a stable process, you know, uh, the longer that that takes, the longer we're going to be out in the in the trenches in these in these insane lawsuits. So hopefully well, you- sooner than later. What you represent is the opposition exposes itself. I mean, after all, who wouldn't, right. who wouldn't want to true the vote? You have an entire right. organization working tirelessly to not true the vote. I mean, that's just the fact of it. So what's to make me, like, I, I'm going to be very frank with you. I, I do not think that anything will change in this election because I know beyond the shadow of a doubt in my mind, I am firmly convinced that Trump won in 2020. So what has changed outside of this victory in Georgia to make you think that the rest of the nation has somehow shored up and brought integrity to the election? Well, a few things. First, first off, the state, some states have made improvements, material improvements to their process since 2020. We've seen states either restrict or altogether abolish drop boxes, which is a huge victory. We've seen states that have um, reinstituted limits on the mass mail out of ballots, which is fantastic. States that are um, resuming their identity requirements, which they had set set to the side during the pandemic, so we're we're seeing the, the resurrection of, of some sense of check and balance, which is great. Um, but most importantly, the biggest and best thing that came out of 2020, as, as difficult as it has been, and the and the challenges that that have beset our country over these past few years because of what the 2020 election. Um, the, the greatest thing is Americans now, millions more so than ever before, 
are awake and asking questions and willing to serve and, and, and demanding answers and understanding that without our involvement, we are perilously close to losing our republic. And, and so even though it's, it's no fun to be at the place that we find ourselves right here at the brink, I believe that the greatest, the, the greatest single power we have moving into the November 2024 election is the power of the American people to serve, to work, to ask questions. Observation and participation just changes things. So yeah, I, I, I just I see a swing forward. It's going to take a long time to, to get the process yeah. right. But people involved, people's involvement is a good thing. Well, I think so, too. But one thing I know, being from Chicago, is you have wonderful people who are victims of a gangster government. And in there lies the real problem, because they're never incentivized, and there's no overseers when the federal government is infested with the same kind of players. That's what I'm concerned with, because in those areas that Joe Biden miraculously won after the four-hour shutdown, I haven't seen any changes, because those are the mafia-controlled areas. And in there, to me, lies the problem. And I'm wondering what you think, because I know how far in advance you are of, of going through all of the roles and the ballot harvesting and the rest of it, I believe the answer is forward, not backward. Because you have in these Democrat mafia areas, in Arizona in particular, they have in their, their rules that they burn the ballot so they can never really be audited. So to me, the only way forward is the technology that's used to transact trillions of dollars in milliseconds and exchanges and whatnot called blockchain. And in that technology, is the validation because the only way you can access those accounts are by a fingerprint or some very long number and the rest of it. I'm wondering, what do you think the, 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 the cure is? Is it to go forward with technology or to go backwards with paper ballots that Democrat mafias have been using to steal elections for decades? Yeah, you know, I think it's, and it's such an important question. I, I tend to think the answer is, is a bit of a hybrid. Um, I've studied elections and election processes all over the world. And, and one of the most remarkable, believe it or not, was in Mexico. What Mexico did was paper ballots, but with ballots that were as secure as legal tender with microfiche that were serialized and coded to the, the, the voter themselves. So you had a very tight one-to-one, -one, one person, one ballot on one election day with a, with a setup at the polls that involved the whole country. Now, they have their own set of problems, but in terms of an election process, we, we could learn a thing or two. How, yeah. That said, I, and, and, and they reduced it into such small precincts. Each precinct had no more than 5,000 people, and they recruited 11 people from the community of that precinct that worked on behalf of the country on that day. Um, it, it really was, was really, really a well-orchestrated process. But I also love the technology that and, 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 and security that the blockchain brings, because I think if you begin to combine all of these where, you, where we could find ourselves is in, in solutions that, that re recognize national security and state sovereignty and personal liberty, particularly in the area of voter rolls, because now you've got a distributed ledger that all the states can see, and you, you can begin to build... A, a, a process that is decentralized while at the same time secure. So I, there's yeah. so many good things that we could be doing, but we just have to have the political will to do them. I mean, because right now, if you look at these Democrat-run areas, it looks like an outtake from Guys and Dolls to me. In essence, you can never audit the vote, and we're turning to people that we know are pathological liars and gangsters who tell us the outcome, and we go, oh, okay. I mean, they've never told the truth in their, in their miserable day, in their miserable life, and all you need to do is steal it one day, 
and you have the power for four years. That's what needs to change, and if it does change, I know it'll be because of True the Vote. And I've been watching you for a while. I know it's truethevote.org. Is that the only place they can keep an eye on you? And obviously you're going to need to pay that million dollars. I'm assuming you need support. Is it a tax-deductible gift if, if people give you money? How does it work? Yes. Well, thank you for asking. We are 501c3, so yes, the um, donations are tax-deductible. You can find out more information about us at truethevote.org. We're also on um, socials, Twitter, and truth at truethevote. Uh, well, just at truthvote. And um, I do a Monday night podcast that you can find out more information about at the website. But, you know, we are, we are e- extremely optimistic and motivated about 2024 it's been a miracle to see America wake up as it has, and I've never been more excited. Well, I'm excited when you see Fanny have problems. After all, you knew she was as crooked as Grand Avenue. But I do appreciate you making time to come on my show, Catherine. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yep, I'm going to do it again, Squirrel. The 80s. The 80s. Before the Olinsky Democrat short-in-the-pants mafia had infiltrated every area. In fact, back then, Chicago was just a joke. The meathead dailies, the moron who could barely read, let alone he's a lawyer. Uh, you know, they were known nationwide to be a fraud. And back then, there was the idea that you would have something called ballot harvesting, where Democrat front groups would go into old people homes and convalescent homes and all kind of mental institutions and harvest ballots and drop boxes. Didn't exist. Didn't exist. So let me give you the outcome that really takes place when the Democrat mafia is at its weakest Uh, and what really happened in 2020. But we'll never know. But here's what it sounds like when the before the Obama Marxist mafia had infiltrated every bureaucracy and expanded to unprecedented numbers. We've come together again, we're united again, and now let's start building together and keep that prairie fire alive, and let's never stop shaping that society which lets each person's dreams unfold into a life of unending hope. America's best days lie ahead, and you know, you forgive me, I'm going to do it just one more time. You ain't seen nothing yet. He won 49 out of 50 states. 49 out of 50 states, Squirrel. God bless you. Thank you all very much. On this day in 1984, President Ronald Reagan was re-elected President of the United States in a landslide victory, winning 49 of the 50 states and carrying 525 electoral votes out of the 538. Following the 1980 victory, Ronald Reagan received this framed needlepoint of the United States with the lettering, The Blue Tide, November 4th, 1980, to show how many states he won in that election. See, that's what it's like when you really have a vote with integrity versus 2020 or anywhere there's a Democrat mafia. I'm sure if your mother died in the last 50 years, she's still voting for the Democrats that are ruining your once great city. When I get back, Kevin, you'll be first. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. 
Squirrel, did you know that Willie Brown, California's version of Mike Madigan, he was a state rep in 1974. He became Speaker of the California House in 1980. Then he went on to be the mayor of San Francisco. And during that time, some call her vice president, but uh, Willie Brown and his friends call her Nooner. She was his mistress, Kamala Harris. So before I play the cut of that word salad morphodite who lost her underpants in his Riviera, let's go to the phone lines. Otherwise, I won't be able to take their calls. Kevin in Las Vegas. Uh, hey, Sean. Great stuff as usual, buddy. Um, I got uh, two little nuggets for you. you. You know, you always talk about the Hoover Dam and the Jane Byrne exit ramp. Um, yeah. Little tri- little trivia for you. Did you know the Hoover Dam was actually finished under budget and two years ahead of schedule? Yes, how of many, course. How many were... Chicago projects you know that fit that description? There were no wise guys on there. Hey, kid, yeah. don't hurry up. we got to milk this job. Did you see? Take a look at how long it took for the fracking exit ramp, let alone the billion dollars that it cost. I'm going uh, to look it up because I don't uh, know much about that. Staggering. Uh, I think and, it uh, took 16 uh, years, some ridiculous amount of time. Go ahead. Oh, my God. The uh, uh, second one, super quick, you were talking about all the, you know, Nevada was the nuclear city. Um, 928 the, nuclear warheads yeah. released in Nevada, yeah. There's multiple uh, lookoffs up in uh, Mount Charleston. It's about, like, 45 minutes north north of me. Um, the people used to go up there. Cars would be lined up down the sides of the street. They would go up there and watch the watch. The, <laughs> yeah. Know, pretty, yeah. 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 Cool you know, stuff, wind man. blows and that fallout yeah. stuff, I mean, it does. it might explain uh, – Harry Reid's tenure in Nevada, the Mormon Mafia. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I think his kids ended up selling a lot of that land, though, to the Chinese Communist Party. I'm sure there was no money made. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kevin, for reminding people just how long the incompetent Democrat Mafia has been destroying the quality of life here in America. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Great show as usual. Thank you, babe. Uh, Is there any way to check if deceased relatives are still on the voter rolls <laughs> where did they die in lake county oh lake county well it's probably not as bad as crook but you know how do you check who are you going to call it you know in chicago who are you going to call you're going to call a soviet you see i i may i call them the short in the pants mafia but what they're more akin to is the soviets who works in the bureaucracy all democrat are you going to think you're going to go to a democrat and say hey I'd like to uh, take a look at my aunt that died in 1972, if she's still on the voter rolls. Because if she is, think about what's at stake. Not only does she get to vote in perpetuity, but they get money based on the constituents. If they ever clean the rolls in Chicago, Illinois would lose three congressmen instantly if they clean the rolls, let alone the Democrat mafia stronghold. But they don't want to do that, like the Soviets, which is why when you talk to a former Soviet They understand better than the short-in-the-pants Democrat mafia legacy voter exactly how how, where that corruption will lead to. They get it. They completely get it. Thank you very much for the call. Now, how does it stay in power? Because the oligarchs, who not only rape the people and make all the money and become the money bundlers in perpetuity, they play the market. The problem is they have kids. And everybody thinks, oh, the kids are going to carry on the legacy. This is what I hear when we talk about the devil's cousin, George Soros. Oh, and he's going to hand down the business to his kids. Well, did you ever take a listen to some of his kids, the fruit of his loins? I mean, aside from the painted nails and the fact that people in Boys Town would look at him like he was a dog with three legs. In the meantime, did you ever hear this kid talk? His name is Alexander, but I think he likes to go by Alex. 
Here's Alex Soros, the fruit of George Soros's loins. Um, but, um, you know, I, um, I don't think that that's the I don't think that that's the fundamental. I don't think the technology is the fundamental issue uh, in, in democracy. Democracy is messy. I mean, you know, democracy is about contestation of ideas. It's about uh, plurality. Um, it's about people having different truths, actually. Now, um, fundamentally. Aside from the fact he's just streaming words together and he's completely wrong. Is it um or is it uh? Which one is he saying more of? Uh, how society lives together um, civically um, in those in those contestations um, is you know is obviously uh, is obviously um, you know quite uh, quite uh, you know quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this, makes Fetterman sound like Socrates. In the meantime, the best schools, the best teachers, billions of dollars. This is how this morphodite was raised. Can you get through a sentence, you fracking freak? Disinformation card. We're taking responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe, uh, you know, in um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic um, institutions. And on the institutional part, I think that we can talk about uh, institutions as these abstract things, but institutions are also about people mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, um, you know, we just heard this, this this point about untrustworthy people, and we talked about things in the United States like you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so um, you know, so um, you know. But when I see this, you know, when I look at this, um, you know. Um, you know, uh, more globally regarding, regarding. Oh my God! There's 20 more seconds of that freaking moron. And the only reason he's there is because his father is an oligarch. This fraud, this fool, couldn't get a job anywhere in this country, and now he's an overlord. And the Democrats' scourge will take their orders from him, like he was Khrushchev's kid. You know, regarding democracy, I also say to myself, when was this great? time that everybody got along so well and you know it was between the time your jewish father worked for the nazis and then right a little bit after when he shorted the currency of uh england and almost bankrupted it it was like right around that time you moron things were going so so great i mean i think you know um, um, you know, the, um, you know, I think. The- what? Yeah. The waiter at Davos is smarter than this idiot. The valet who parks the Rolls Royces has better character, a better grasp of reality. He just doesn't have George Soros's loins. In the meantime, let's go to another trollop who's going to lecture us. It is a false choice to suggest you're either in favor of the Second Amendment or you want to take everyone's guns away. I'm in favor of the Second Amendment, but is it not reasonable that we would have an assault weapons ban, understanding that assault weapons were literally designed to kill a lot of human beings quickly and are weapons of war with no place on the streets of a civil society? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, aside from pointing out the obvious that San Francisco is not a civil society. But here's your other problem. Wherever there's a Democrat in charge of the government, it's not a civil society. Are you not looking at the news, you idiot? 
Two people are now charged in Tuesday's carjackings and armed robberies in the Gold Coast. Prosecutors say DeMonte Watkins and Charles Benson beat. A man from Chicago has been charged with the murder of his girlfriend last year. Genesis. Everywhere you guys are in charge, civil and society should never go together. Because what you're really in charge of, it's third world ghettos. And what you deliver is chaos and the absence of law where good citizens need to shoot maybe a lot of Democrat honor roll students who happen to be purging their vehicle, beating their wife and kids, or, you know, God knows what on the weekends. How many new leases are signed on the Magnificent Mile this month, Squirrel? Has uh, any of the real estate companies released that info? Yeah. You know the answer. None. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Civilized society by a Democrat. But you must be living under a rock or under Willie Brown. Meantime, got so many other good clips. We just want it to all go away. Another thing we're doing is Washington, D.C. This used to be a beautiful capital. Today, it's one of the most unsafe places you can go to anywhere on Earth. But certainly in this country, people being shot every single day and killed every single day. Swastikers being emblazoned on the most beautiful Carrera marble columns that you've ever seen. And uh, graffiti all over the place. Garbage on the roads and the highways coming in. When you look at presidents of other nations and prime ministers and kings and queens coming into Washington, D.C., and their cars are riding over garbage. And uh, that's how they know it's a Democrat in charge of the area. Robert Bloomingdale. That's right. And that's exactly why you wrapped it up completely. What Dennis Prager would say, anything that the radical left touches, it destroys. And that's all I, don't I even want to give him. I don't even want to give him the benefit like there's, ah, they're not all bad. Yeah, you are. And everywhere you touch is chaos and a scam. Yep. Everywhere. Every policy they have, a fraud, a massive cost to the people. And they would never get away with it if they didn't have propagandists who were, is referred to as media. Do you know I have yet to see the U.S. food story? Hit, hey, hit, Sean, hit I have one more question news? for you quickly. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. What, you know, why, why, is the, why is the media covering for Biden? What, 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 what is their... What is their, what do they get, expect to get out of this, or the liberal, celebrity liberal? If they liberals, don't, they, expect they, to get lose, out of this? they lose their license, they lose their loan guarantees, they oh. lose the ability to offset their fraud company in the stock market. There's a lot at stake with government oh. favoritism in this country. That's why when the government spends the money, it shores up its Soviets. That's what it's doing. It's buying loyalty. And that's why the Republicans continue to write the check. They're not offended by it. They simply want in on it. And that's why every time they continue to not put up a fight, not only that, fund it. It's time to throw them out, which is why I highly recommend not learning this speaker's name. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And now they have their oligarchs in Davos, and they're getting nervous. 
They're getting very, very nervous because they know exactly what's happening. I think we are talking too much about Donald Trump uh, in, in Europe, and uh, we should um, be prepare ourselves for a possible second term um, for Donald Trump by fostering our European competitiveness. Doing our homework is the best preparation for a possible second uh, term of Donald Trump. And, this- and that's how you know they were in on it. That's exactly how you know Because why weren't you doing that until now? What the hell have you been doing for the last 50 years? Oh, you've been sucking on the nipple of government spending by Americans. You've been robbing our tax dollars through the IMF bank and all the other foreign policy thievery. Loan guarantees. Who gets the loans? This includes our um, capabilities uh, to uh, defend ourselves. Being an attractive partner on eye level when it comes to the economic situation and it, when it comes to a fair burden sharing under the roof of NATO. You know what's nice about this accent? Not only does it remind me of German porn, but what it really shows you is how long foreign policy thievery has been going on and how many presidents have partaked in the absolute bribery and kickback schemes that Joe Biden represents. That's why it's no big deal what he did in Ukraine. The fact that they get hundreds of billions and their wives show up with them, our money in their pockets. This has been going on for decades. It's the best we can do to be um, um, in a good partnership with the uh, United States. And then it doesn't matter. I ever tell you about my Uncle Mikey Squirrel? Four SS uniforms. Used to lay them out. Tell me, pick out the hole. I'd say, Uncle Mike, I can't find the hole. That's because I shot those Nazis in the face. All right, fair enough. Uh, Which administration, if we are attractive, if we do not have to ask others because we have uh, capabilities ourselves, it's the best way to cooperate. Now tell us about the kickbacks. Tell us about how you launder the money and you kick it back through the family and the kids. Tell us all. Confess. Nazi. Reinforcement will occur during a simulated emerging conflict scenario against a near peer adversary. Steadfast Defender 24 will be a clear. But what about if we don't want to go to war? Ah, What about if we, I mean, it was only three years ago. There was no war. Nothing. Now we're going to war with another nuclear armed country. That's our peer. How do you think that's going to work out? As you got a bunch of boys who want to be girls in the military. Your demonstration of our unity, our strength, and our determination to protect each other, to protect, of course, our values and the rules-based international order. I'll tell you what, after they steal the next election, you might as well just quit your job because we're the idiots that are funding this from the inside. What they've done to our country could never have been done by a foreign adversary. The ramifications of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and George Bush cannot be done by a foreign adversary. It's been done from inside. We were overthrown. Keeping America strong and always searching for peace. Well, nothing is more important than that. This magnificent house is 192 years old now. It stands watch on our stewardship, a guardian for future generations. What we do here may be important, but what we leave behind is even more important. Ronnie, you didn't tell us about the American Democrat Mafia all started from Chicago. You had no idea. You didn't warn us. Now look at us. We'll be back.
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. When you're introducing someone like my next guest, and you're reading their resume, to say Renaissance Man is, is, is the appropriate phrase. I don't know, as I'm reading this, if I would be more proud if he was my father or my son, but he's definitely the kind of American man that this country was built on. He's an entrepreneur, an inventor, teacher, a writer, a business consultant. He's also the creator of Freedom Alliance, LLC, way back in 2017. He also found time to write a new book called America's Freedom Megaphone, The Case for Building a Statue of Enduring Freedom on the West Coast. He is Daniel Boltz. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Boltz. How are you? John, it's a pleasure. I'm doing fine, thank you. And I must say, I've been reading uh, about your uh, AM560 radio station, and I'm looking at your mugshot, and I have to say that uh, you could be uh, an acting uh, villain double for the late but great Christopher Reeve. Oh, thank you. Well, Dee, that's something. Thank you very much. I have to tell you, what I like about you is that you don't stop. I mean, you could have stopped at any one of these, but you went on to create something that uh, uh, most people don't know, autotipguru.com. And it's just, it's, it's truly a legacy that I thought you would just sit around and be on a yacht and sailing, but you wrote a book and you want to pay homage to America's freedom. Tell us a little bit about your project and the book. Certainly. Um, So, again, the purpose of the book is simply to introduce the case for building and make the case for the building of a statue of enduring freedom. Every person who reads my book will become part of history in the making. My book is a roadmap to American renewal of individual freedom. Uh, Readers of my book will be introduced to a new companion to the Statue of Liberty called the Statue of Enduring Freedom. And they'll understand why this new monument to freedom needs to be built in America today. This is refreshing because you're talking to an audience of decent, wonderful people who are trapped behind um, really a very successful government Marxist mafia that has destroyed not just the once great city, but kind of destroys the hope and optimism most Americans had for the future just a couple of decades ago. And I do believe it is but a stitch in time. I ultimately think all collectivists and and, and frauds who believe and sell government supremacy lose in the end. But it's that dark age downtime that we're in right now. So I think it's a wonderful time and opportunity. And you've stayed optimistic like this. Um, and I'm assuming you're in California, are you? You know, I'd love to be, but actually I'm not. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a native of Marquette, Michigan, just north of you. My wife's a native of uh, eastern Canada, London, and currently, uh, let's see, where are we? My wife's in Florida, and I'm in Utah. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. So you want to build this in California, and uh, I was there recently, and it's fascinating. It's a fascinating place because that's the, the place that embraced Reagan. And it's the place that really was the, was the recipient of the frontier mindset of the individual 
who went out there when it was very difficult, made something of themselves. But it's a, it's a wonderful place that is in its own dark ages now, as you see this corrupt collectivism take hold of it. Do you think that ultimately they will lead the way in freedom and the rebirth of the renaissance of Americanism will take place in California before Washington, D.C.? Let me answer it this way, uh, Sean. Uh, Ronald Reagan said to Americans, and you know his quote, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for and protected and handed on for them to do the same to our children. The Statue of Enduring Freedom and its uh, educational outreach mission answers Reagan's warning through a 305-foot-tall symbol of freedom that will teach the next generation and beyond true, factual, and inspiring stories of America's founding, our unique constitutional republic, and our reverence to God. Well, I think it's, I think it's never been a better time. You know, it was funny. It, I'm glad to have you on because it was just Monday, and I, I, I relocated myself, but I, I relocated to a great state. And it's sad because you can always tell where the Democrats are in control. I call it a mafia because it is one. But they produce this same philosophy of the Marxists. And one from the state of Florida was on Washington, D.C., and he proposed taking the Statue of Liberty down because they've bastardized this notion of liberty and they've implemented their own sense of entitlement to uh, move forward and bankrupt the youngest and the richest country, in my opinion. It's a very specific and targeted goal that they're achieving day by day. I'm wondering if you think more people want that real freedom and even the pitfalls that come with it of free market capitalism or individual liberty. Do you still think it is the majority of people in this country now? Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of doubt in my mind, I talk about this uh, in Chapter 7 of my book, where I quote um, many uh, immigrants, legal immigrants, and uh, them giving uh, us their perspective on what they experienced and why they wanted to come to America and become a legalized citizen. (sighs) And, you know, to me, this this is the real designation, because we have hundreds of thousands of people that are in the system right now that have tried to do this legally. And to me, that isn't a sign of somebody that uh, uh, wants something for nothing per se. What this is is somebody who understands how law is the principle of all civilized societies. And if you don't have it, you really start off not just on the wrong foot, but on the wrong mindset of law is only for specific people. Others can circumvent it. And really, that's what we're discussing. And, you know, it's... I think the greatest hope is, ironically, people who fled collectivist countries from the former Soviet Union to Cuba to all of the South American countries. But they have to start off by abiding by law. And in, if that first action is to break it, do you think that there's still some optimism that maybe they will want something different than a, a better corrupt society? Well, first of all, we need to we need to enforce our borders. We need to embrace legal immigrants, as we have done from day one in our country. And if they're not wanting to do that, essentially, we don't want them here. Yeah, that's all there is to it. I mean, I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't a system that was set up to use as a virtue shield the needs of some 
against the assets of others. And this is something that is lost in the argument today. And, you know, in Chicago, it's a, it, it, it's a terrible situation because what you have is a political corruption that has taken its toll on a society. You have a business district that is now empty, 6 million square feet. You have businesses that are selling for 10% of what they sold for a decade ago. And you have real Chicagoans who have spent their life, multi-generation people, paying taxes and working, and they're getting stuck with the bill again in the name of the virtuous, entitled uh, lawbreaker. And this seems to be a pattern that somehow works to implode societies. What's the smartest way for people who love the idea of freedom and liberty and Americanism to reestablish law in these lawless areas, in your opinion? Clear and simple answer to that, Sean, is the message of the Statue of Enduring Freedom. And uh, the message of, of the statue is future-focused, and it's all about our educational outreach program. <clears throat> we believe, we know, that starting in the 60s, our government education was hijacked by the liberal left uh, philosophy, and over the last, what is that, 50, 60 years, they have inch by inch and program by program polluted our educational system. And what does that mean? They polluted our children, our youth, to the extent that so many children nowadays, college students in particular, they have not read the, uh, the inspiring founding uh, documents of our country. They simply haven't read them. They, they, they do not understand what our country was all about, is all about, should be all about. And so this monument, one of the reasons why it needs to be built is to advance our educational outreach program. And that is the, going back to your question, that is the way that we can redirect America, uh, you know, adjust our sails uh, so that we are now steering towards um, towards freedom and away from socialism. Yes. You know what's interesting is there's all kinds of different versions of, of welfare. And what I find more diabolical than, say, the welfare that uses the individual, the entitled individual, as a virtue shield to steal the definition of liberal and the rest of it, what's more pervasive is the, the corporatism and the Wall Street welfare that seems to be massively welcomed, extremely accepted, and very well protected. So do you think it's time maybe to break apart from this duopoly party system we have? Because the reality is we've got about 80 percent, if I'm kind, of Republicans that are only different from Democrats because they have a better suit. The reality is we need, to, in my opinion, to start a movement of people who believe like you and I do about the principles of actual liberty and take back that word. Are you going to use the word liberty in your new monument? And shouldn't it be maybe a catalyst to start a new political movement in this country and ditch the bastardized version of a Republican Party? Well, uh, yes and yes. Um, yes and yes. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I, are you, so you are going to use the word liberty in your, in, your, uh, in your new monument. Tell me a little bit about what you vision it as a design. Would it be a similarity to the, to the Statue of Liberty? Well, yes, and uh, can I mention our website? Sure, absolutely. I want you, absolutely. Uh, let's see, they can go to freedomalliancellc.com. Again, freedomalliancellc.com. On our website, um, they can buy our book, number one. That's kind of cool. 
but uh, to the monument itself, uh, you will be able to see the renderings. We currently have a three-foot clay mockhead. You can see all the pictures that we've taken with our sculptors working on it, and uh, you'll understand the design um, and how it uh, complements Lady Liberty. Uh, brother, we, we nickname him Brother Freedom, just like we have nicknamed the Statue of Liberty Lady Liberty. But anyway, his artistic design is classic realism, just like Lady Liberty is, and he will stand 305 feet tall above ground, just like she does, and the ratio will be the same, 150-foot sculpture on top of a 150-foot uh, pedestal slash visitor center. And I need to tell you, Sean, because this relates to you and your listeners, we conducted a national search through the National Sculptor Society several years ago, and the sculptors that we ended up selecting and have commissioned the monument to, they live in your backyard. They are from wow. Chicago. Anna wow. and Jeffrey Cole Varilla, they have their studio, studio there in Chicago. They are, they are among the elite of elites in the world of uh, classic realism sculpture around our country. And they're mentioned, of course, on our website, and you can find out what's done. But they're right there in Chicago. We're thrilled about that. That's exciting. So now tell me a little bit about how, what, when did you decide to create autotipguru.com? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. It's an amazing society we live in where uh, you, people are paying $5 for hot water, and when you go there, you're, 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 you're forced to, to tip people that you're already paying 500% for hot coffee. What do you think... Uh, uh, when did you come up with this idea, and what was the? How is the success of it going? Well, thanks for mentioning uh, Auto Tip Guru. Um, I'll just say it: I'm a car guy. <clears throat> I always have been. I love to go fast. I oh. uh, graduated from a Ford uh, Performance. Oh, so it's driving. not tipping on a check; it's about auto. Okay, go ahead. I thought it was an automatic tip, so I don't overpay these baristas who hate me. Oh no! Okay, I guess we're uh, <laughs> no. cross tracks there. No, it's all about automobiles. I write a monthly column for a consumer automotive industry. I'm a car guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoops. Well, no, that's good news because uh, you know I, I I love them too, and I I really don't like the idea that the government has now taken control of the of the demand level of vehicles, and I understand the corruption in the electric car system, but I'd like your take on it. Well, you, you said it right there. You yeah. said it right there at your opening statement. The government has instigated regulations to do this and to do that, to minimize the uh, internal combustion engine and, as a result, indirect result, controlling <clears throat> excuse me, the advance of an electric car. The point is, and what you just said, the government, that's what's wrong with our country. They have replaced, and they. when I say they, I'm talking about the big government coalition, and I list all of the players in my book, who they are, and, and what they're all about. But the thing is, they are wanting to, and have been by design, replacing our individual uh, free market economy with central control, with government control, federal and to some extent at state levels. And you know, when you talk about centralized government, central control, all you have to do is read Alexander Solzhenitsyn's book about yes. the Soviet Union. All you have to do is read that. I know. And, or talk to a current immigrant, and what will they say? Centralized government does not work, period. Doesn't work. Never has, and it never will. Are you almost um, impressed with the way in which 
the big three, the uh, the American auto industry has been backdoor nationalized. You know, I, I cover this topic a lot, and it's offensive to me because I'm raised in the auto part business. All right, and I I I, I could almost pinpoint the the decade in which the government decided to backdoor nationalize and give America the illusion of auto manufacturing. And when you see the payoffs to the labor extortion mafias and unions, and you see the most union mobbed up president in American history facilitate that transaction, in your opinion, when they talk about American auto manufacturers, aren't they really talking about Toyota, Honda, BMW that operate here without being a part of government subsidies or the labor extortion mafia? Currently, yes. And why is that? That is because they have stepped beyond government control and government influence, absolutely. And in our history of the car industry, guess what? We have There are a few shining lights, and one of them is the, uh, the late but great Lee Iacocca when he was running Chrysler. Yeah. Uh, the government offered him, uh, what, what did he do? That's right, he took out a loan uh, yes. for Chrysler, but guess what he did? He paid it back. Yes, and he didn't pay it back with another one, which is what the <laughs> the car manufacturers do now. One of my favorite yeah. negotiating tactics of the labor extortion mafia was this last one, where before they accepted the terms, they took a, a an unsecured $6 billion loan underwritten by the people again. I mean, it's fascinating to watch. So I'm, I'm assuming this is the kind of stuff you cover. I want the people to check out your podcast and to also buy your book, America's Freedom Megaphone, because I think we do need a statue. I'm just a little concerned how you're going to get a man statue in California. You're going to have to put him in a kilt. Has there been any talk of that? I love it. Great. That, that, that's a great take. <laughs> Thank you very much. Daniel Boltz, really, I really appreciate you making time for me, and I appreciate your your life of taking advantage of the American dream. You represent it, and it's a wonderful legacy, and I'm sure it's a wonderful book, and I will be purchasing one right during our next commercial break. Thank you for making time Sean, for me, Mr. Boltz. Sean, the listeners in Chicago are blessed to have you on the airwaves. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM 560, The Answer. See, Squirrel, when I was reading his long resume, and I saw that he was the author and came up with the website autotipguru.com, I thought he had discovered a way that would prevent me from giving money, tipping on a check to a waiter that was a Marxist, a communist, or a Biden voter. That's where I was thinking. You follow me? Because if you could come up with that, to make sure that good people stop giving their money to wretched communists. I think you'd be on to something. Maybe we should work on that, but we can't use auto-tip guru. That's taken by our last guest. Oh! Yeah, in the meantime, we're still paying for these Democrats. My favorite, though, are the ones who pretended to work for 30 years, and all they really did was pucker up and kiss that short-in-the-pants mafia ass, and now they sit in a room and eat pizza pies till they can't get out of the room. Cream Puff Jim, how's that for yeah, you? Yeah, did yeah. you hear uh, the University of Michigan consumer capitalism is through the ceiling? Oh yeah, it's, it's, they it's through it. the ceiling. The stock market is through the ceiling. Yeah, and all I, all I can say is, usually that favors the Democrats when yeah. they have a, a roaring hot economy. And what's and good is that, the people that vote for them are it's on fire. Yeah, well, it's what's good? The economy's on fire. 
Well, yeah, what's good about it is the people that vote for them are too stupid to look at their credit card balance or the national debt or the welfare rolls yeah, or the chaos but, uh, in the streets. So you might have a good legacy. <laughs> and if you don't, and if you don't, it doesn't really matter because you're election thieves anyway. It's in the bag. Now, you just sit back and wait for that pizza delivery guy. I wait for the mailman. I wait for the mailman. You don't do the direct deposit like uh, no. no. Like Ed Burke no, himself? My, yeah, I, I vote by mail now. I just uh, I said, oh, if I vote, I vote by yeah, mail. At least three <laughs> times. Do you think Ed Burke waits for his check to be delivered, or it just goes poof, right into the account? How exactly you, do you think these short-in-the-pants oligarchs get their money? You, you, you know what I was thinking? You know, you know the guy should run this sax deal on the South Loop as Eddie Verdose. Oh, if he could, if he could, if he could just give two million off the top of that. Deal. Who's that other scoundrel that that graduated high school with Jimmy Carter? The guy who's a Democrat, he's a Republican, he dyes his hair like Farrah Fawcett. He's that half-ass lawyer. What's his name? Bob Fioretti. Oh, yeah, Fioretti. He's got his hand in that pie too. Remember that? I liked when he. Oh, oh so you want to get a liquor license? Well, you're going to need my law firm. Get the hell out of here, you half-ass gangsters. Oh, I miss the days when you could make fun of these rat bastards. He still wants you to believe that's his real hair color. Yeah, you're a blonde. I believe it 100%. And I also believe that the vaccine works. Well, the good news is, around the world, people are starting to say, hey, why are people dying at insane rates? Not to mention the other side effects. The Jimmy leg or where you walk around like Dr. Awardi, where your face doesn't move. There's a, uh, a, a British Parliament member who's a very interesting woman. Very interesting woman. Her name is Marion... Cates, and she is part of the Conservative Party in merry old England, and she brought up a very hot topic in Parliament where, by the way, they can sue Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and all the other cohorts of corruption calling themselves Big Pharma, and they're settling cases, but they still are a little perturbed. See, unlike here, they don't like when their citizens get killed. Chairman, and I think it's clear that there is far more demand uh, to speak in this debate than there is time. Uh, yeah, so I will, yeah, of course, yeah. be brief. But I think it does show uh, that we absolutely need a longer de debate. We need a debate on the floor of the House. Uh, it's not just members in this room who want to speak, but members of the public have shown uh, enormous interest. I don't want to go over the excellent points that have already been made, uh, the data that's already been shared. We know we have a problem with excess deaths in this country, particularly amongst younger people, particularly cardiovascular disease. And that in itself... Uh, is, a, is a huge challenge, and we need medical experts, we need statisticians to address those issues. Uh so this is happening all around the world, and in our very own Mary England, it's being brought up on the floor of the government. That'll never happen in this country, where the cohorts of corruption, the recipients of bribery, I mean, I'm sorry, campaign contributions, in a bipartisan fashion, are making a killing. I'm not qualified to do so. What I will say is this, lockdown changed everything. Our response to COVID changed everything. And just as we look back on different periods of history, before the war, before the Industrial Revolution, I think in future we will look back before and after lockdown. Uh, lockdown's changed our economy. It's changed how we relate to each other. It's changed our health. It's changed our understanding of children's development. And that's also the explanation for why the stock market's up. There isn't one company that's bringing in new record revenue. Not one. There isn't one company that has any fundamental reason for their stock price to be where, where it is. This is the bastardization of our economy. And it goes up because the government's spending goes up in perpetuity. And the Republicans and the Democrats are in on it. I guarantee you there weren't many fundamentalists who were long the market or bought calls. 
But I'll bet you there's 90 percent of congressmen and their cabinets that were long out the wazoo and have been since the greatest fraud to ever hit the Republican Party grabbed the gavel. Uh, but the conditions under which those decisions were made, decisions which were overwhelmingly wrong, in my opinion, though I absolutely do not blame any individuals given the pressure they were under, but the conditions under which those decisions were made have not changed. The conditions under which we uh, suspended the precautionary principle, where we ignored the fact that the interventions may cause more harm. We suspended the importance of children's education. We suspended safeguarding children. We suspended, uh, suspended the need for medical trials. We suspended all sorts of safeguards that have stood society in good stead uh, for a long time. And the con- Why isn't this part of the campaign? Why isn't this part of the campaign being spoken about? Why are we lulled into this lowbrow ridiculousness of rinse and repeat? Conditions in government and in the media and in wider society under which those decisions were made have not changed. Because, unfortunately yet, we have not got to the heart of the matter of why the, why the pressure came from the media, why we had to follow what other countries were doing, why we obsessed with, minor, with particular points of data like deaths from COVID rather than considering the wider impacts. All on- bastardized in a bipartisan fashion here in this country. And the political whores made a fracking fortune, which explains why Paul Ryan... Wants this scam to go on. What's Paul Ryan's job now? Always oh, a lobbyist. Here's the last speaker. Or not the last, I should say. Here's one of the many speakers to stab you in the back. Look, it, a lot's going to happen between now and November. Nothing's linear in politics these days. There's a zigzag, so who knows is the point. Biden is so weak that even Donald Trump polls ahead of him. But look at Nikki Haley's polling. I mean, she beats him by like 12 points in head-to-head polls. So I would prefer a a candidate who I think would be a good president and who I know is going to win. And by the way... And who you know is in on the same scam you are. She was a bust-out until she went to go work for Boeing. Give us more seats in Congress. That's Nikki Haley. Well, the, so it, obviously, I, my preferences aren't, aren't, aren't bubbling through the Republican Party right now. But I wonder what his... Uh, Last year's income was squirrel. How do you find that out now? A lot of her voters were Democrats that came on the same. You're, I don't. I, New Hampshire doesn't allow this, and I think you guys are right not to. But in Iowa, you can actually show up as a Democrat on the day of the caucus, switch your registration just for the caucus, and do it. So that was really what she was relying on: was getting Democrats to come vote for her. That- she doesn't have to only rely on that. She has corporatists. She has K Street. She has the industrial complex of Big Pharma. Not to mention Boeing, who she was on the payroll of. Let's just wait and see what happens in New Hampshire and see if this inevitability narrative, which has credence coming out of Iowa, if it, if it sticks past New Hampshire. And if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire, then I think we got a race on our hands. So I want to wait and see what really? happens there. I wonder where Nikki Haley is on some of the most important topics that this nation faces. The median in between, you know, the metal that somebody made a fortune. I've never seen every place has it, and it's always broken, right? It's always broken. Somebody got a lot of money to do that, but you ever notice that, Chairman? They're always broken. They're falling down all the time, but it's disgusting. They're all graffiti-laden. They're bent. They're terrible. The asphalt hasn't been repaved for many years. And you're riding into the United States of America, And you're seeing, and they have slums. They have slums. 
We have to take out the slums. We're going to take out the slums. We're going to treat people nicely, but we have to take out the slums. We can't let homeless stay in the middle of our magnificent parks under the Washington Monument and other places. We're going to clean up Washington, D.C., and we're going to make it a crime-free zone. There's not going to be any crime. We're going to have laws, but we're going to have to take it over. We're going to federalize it. We're going to take it over. We're going to run it, and we're going to run it properly. We're going to. Oh, boy, oh, boy. What about the... Uh what do you think Nikki Haley's going to do when it comes to cyber currency? And tonight I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. You know about that? that might be one of Nikki's first platforms. 312-642-5600. It's a man, baby! Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Party like a Ukrainian lobbyist. It's Friday. A little cold, but it's Friday. You know, it's funny. We had a, a, a caller ask a while ago, why does the media... Bend knee like this. You know, here's another question. Why would Fox News, Squirrel, Fox News, who, who hired Paul Ryan to sit on the board, what do board members do at Fox News? They paid him $334,975. That's a lot more than he made a speaker. And that's on the board. I wonder how often uh, the board met for Fox News. That's very interesting to me. Very interesting. And it does explain why he wants Nikki Haley, because they like this scam of corruption and corporatism to continue in perpetuity. There's no question about it. Is Fox News covering uh, what's going on in Texas? Oh, they are locally? Well, here's how Chicago interprets it. The border of Texas is upping the ante in its showdown with the White House over the flow of migrants into the state. Matt Finn is there. New video today shows Texas installing even more fencing and razor wire inside Shelby Park. Defying the Biden administration's deadline to reopen the property to the feds. Fox cameras captured this moment when the Texas National Guard told migrants approaching the razor wire barricade to turn around to Mexico. The United States government is suing Texas, arguing its agents need access to this 2.5 mile stretch of land around Shelby Park, especially during emergencies. Texas DPS tells Fox News that Texas kicked the feds out from this park because it thinks it can do a better job deterring migrants. And it is doing a better job deterring migrants. So now there's going to be a little what? A little mini conflict between Texas and the federal government? I don't know. But one thing's for sure. When KJP starts talking like this, people should pay attention. I heard you say this very recently about how those actions that are being taken uh, by Republican leaders, leadership uh, is inhumane uh, and it's demoralizing. And it doesn't... Demoralizing. Demoral- you know what's demoralizing? Demoralizing is being a Chicagoan who's lived in the town for generations, been a victim of the corrupt policies of the Democrat mafia, and underserved from the school to their services that they pay for, and then being told by an illegal alien this. You work, you work. No more money for you. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Go back, go back. No more No more money for you. It's lazy, you lazy. That, 
Ryan rat illegal fool receives more money than most Chicagoans for doing nothing other than existing. And you're going to talk about what's demoralizing? You fraud. But then again, who are we talking to? We're talking to a fraud herself who didn't get her job because she's qualified or good at anything. She got her job because she's a lesbian with the right pigmentation. It doesn't lead to the safety uh, of, uh, of communities here. Uh, and so we've called that out and we'll continue to do that. And I've spoken to this already, but I'll, I'll lay it out a little bit more. Did during- the White House release a statement on the illegal alien that killed the mother and 16-year-old boy in Colorado after six DUIs? Did they, did they release anything about their policies or what's demoralizing? What is the administration's response to the 14 House Democrats who voted with Republicans the other day to denounce the, uh, quote, open borders policies of the Biden administration? Uh, I, what do you mean? What's our, our comments on what? A response to 14 Democrats. Your comment is it's in the bag. It's in the bag. We're going to steal the next one like we stole the last one. And for all those idiots who are complaining... It's clear Americans are starting to feel President Biden's strong economy. Wages have risen faster than inflation for 10 months in a row. Yes, there's record numbers on welfare and subsidies and SNAP. Yes, there's record record credit card debt, national debt. But it's just getting warmed up. You know, we need four more years of Joe Biden's short stairs. You know, he walks right into the cargo squirrel because he can't go up to where to where the people sit. So we call him short stairs now. Walks right up to the cargo. He should be carrying luggage, but he can't because he's too useless and feeble. But he is corrupt enough to lead this Democrat mafia through another scandalous election-stealing bastardization of American principles. But we win in the end. We're Americans. Never forget it. It's just but a stitch in time. Sure, it's American Dark Ages, but for anybody who ever lived under the regime of democrat mafia rule they destroy everything they touch we just have to get them out of the most important office in the world and it'll happen by hook or crook in the meantime have a great weekend if you're in chicago keep your head on a swivel cue the music squirrel
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.